Hello, everybody. My name is Ben Schluter, and welcome to the Goal to Go kickoff show, the first episode for a regular season football game. You know, despite this not being out on Saturday, and instead being out on the Sunday of the game, uh, there's still been no announcement of who LSU's starting quarterback is going to be. Imagine. Imagine how that goes. Who cares? Cece. Brian. Bro. What is it with you just not telling everyone who the starter is? You really think this is going to give yourself a competitive advantage like they weren't already preparing for you to use both of them? Oh no, it's not like they have film on either one of them. It's a new... Uh, what do you... I don't get it. Yes, that's right, LSU begins the Brian Kelly era tonight at 6 30 on ABC in the Louisiana Su Caesar Superdome. Isn't that annoying? Corporate sponsorships and all that. Speaking of corporate sponsorships, this is the inaugural All-State Louisiana kickoff. Yay for that kind of stuff. This is the first of a home and home, and I'm putting that in air quotes you can't see because neither game is going to be in either team's home stadium. Because next year, they're playing it at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Um, because money. Because LSU's getting $5.2 million for playing this. You know what? I can understand why you didn't want to play it at, L at uh, Tiger Stadium. $5.2 million is a lot of money. That's right. Anyway, um, this game. Big game for LSU as they host uh, Florida State in the Superdome. I guess we're going to call it hosting. You know, there's just so much. So much that's happened over this offseason. What with the getting a new head coach and turning over the entire staff except for, um, one guy. Like, we kept the O-line coach. And that's it. Every other position coach is gone from last year. Uh, Brian Kelly has brought in new coordinators, he's brought in new position coaches, and he's of course brought in new players because LSU worked the transfer portal this offseason, and boy did it bring in some guys, yes, uh, such as Jaden Daniels, who is probably gonna start, like, it's not official, but it's probably gonna be him, I would expect it to be him, what with the whole, he's more experienced than Garrett Nussmeyer, so he probably would be better for the, like, handling the pressure thing. And speaking of him handling the pressure, we'll get to that in a moment, um, because he's better at handling the pressure in a couple ways. Um, you have him, you have guys like, uh, this running back, Noah Kane. um, he's pretty cool, he's a guy from Penn State who did stuff, and, uh, a lot of guys, I wrote about some of them, so you can look that up, um, I'll send a link to it. I'll put a link to it in the description of this. Excuse me for the waviness of my voice. I'm just kind of excited for this game. Also, I literally just woke up like a couple hours ago and I usually don't record things when I've only woken up a couple hours ago. Anyway, uh, the offense. It's going to be interesting to watch. Defense can be interesting to watch there too. Brought in some guys into the secondary. Uh, so that'll be a thing. Yeah, overall, I really don't know what to say. Because all we've seen is camp. It's just been camp. There's really been nothing to look at for LSU. Um, you know, we all know Kayshawn Boutte is going to be the big one. Or B 
Booty, excuse me, that's been updated. They actually put out the pronunciation chart. I need to go get that um, before tomorrow's episode of the two-point conversion, which, by the way, yes, that is coming out. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, he's going to be the primary target. It's going to be uh, real interesting to look at everything that's going to happen. Uh, the offensive line is... Okay, apparently the offensive line has problems. Yeah, it's not that great. Uh, center, Will Campbell, he's had some snapping issues, though it's, you know, snapping has been the main problem. Blocking has not. And frankly, I would rather have a guy who has some issues snapping that can block really well than the opposite, because... If you're good, you can pick up a loose snap and keep the play going, and then he can block the guy who's trying to run at you. You know, kind of important to have a good offensive line, which LSU is going to have a spotty one, from what I've heard. Um, Not like it's going to be absolutely terrible, but it's not going to be the exact greatest thing in the world. So that's going to be really, really interesting there. Um, yeah, what else? Oh, yeah, kicking game. Apparently, the kickers have not been... Well, let's just say we've been spoiled over the past four years with Cole Tracy and then Cade York. We are not going to have those kinds of guys kicking for us. No, instead, it's going to be Dylan Ramos, or Ramos, I believe. Um, that's what they said. Uh, he is a walk-on. So it's not going to be this freshman we signed. Hopefully he can uh, do better. I wrote about him. His name is Nathan Dybert. Um, Yeah, so mm, hopefully this guy can make field goals consistently. Because I'm kind of worried about that. But uh, yeah, that's LSU. Now, Florida State, they actually have a game under their uh, belts. In fact, not only do they have a game under their belts, it was a blowout win, which is actually a big deal for them. Like, Florida State's had their problems against FCS opponents. See, not beating their FCS opponent last year? That's a bit of a problem. Um, yeah, they blew out Duquesne in Week 0, 47-7. They had three running backs with over 100 yards. That's never happened before in school history. Um, didn't really throw the ball that much, which, okay, that's a thing. But... It's going to be quite interesting to see what they have there. Um, Yes, let me get the name of their quarterback, by the way, because I have it right here. Yes, his name is Jordan Travis. He was kind of, he was a pretty decent guy last year. Didn't watch much Florida State, but having read up on him, he was pretty decent last year. Uh, Wide receivers that he's got. He's got a couple of transfers that came in. Micah Pittman, Johnny Wilson. Now, Johnny Wilson, a don't know what the status of him is. From what I had read earlier, he wasn't 100% to play. We'll see if that's changed tonight. But yeah, those are pretty decent guys. I really don't know how you can make a like determination of what Florida State's going to do based on a game against an FCS opponent. But considering that this was Florida State's first season opening win in like five years, five or six years, I'll take that to be a positive for them um their front line was supposed to be good they only got one sack no hurries against Duquesne but that could have been due to a multitude of factors I didn't watch the game because I would have rather watched better games in week zero 
and then I decided to watch the Vanderbilt game, which was an absolute train wreck, but that was much later. Um, if you want to talk about one guy on the Florida defense, uh, Florida State defensive side, it's Jared Verse. He's the guy who had the sack. He's a transfer. He's apparently expected to be really, really good. Um, so that's a thing. But if you want to know something that is a problem for the Florida State uh, offense, it's their offensive line. They have a strong defensive line, but a weak offensive line. LSU has a strong defensive line and a weak offensive line. That that should be interesting, then. Uh, should be very, very interesting to see how that plays out, because, you know, games are won in the trenches, and these two teams don't really have great trenches for one side of it. And in order to win this game, I think LSU is going to have to establish the run. And considering we have, we don't really have a dominant running back, LSU really has instead, like, it's going to be more running back by committee. Another thing that I didn't mention that I should have mentioned earlier is secondary. So LSU secondary doesn't really have that dominant guy like it's had in years past. Um, it's really about the guys that are going to be playing. Like, it's not one guy. It's not like you have a Derek Stingley um, who, granted, did we have Derek Stingley last year? No. But it's not like a Derek Stingley or, like, you know, Teran Matthew, Jamal Adams, stuff like that in the past where it's been that one dude who you knew could make plays. It's just a bunch of other guys who have been pretty good. So we'll see how it goes. Um... Yeah, linebackers. Linebacking core is really interesting to me. I wrote a couple articles on linebackers, actually. Um, For some reason, I didn't mean to do that. I wrote three linebacker articles uh, for previews. And uh, it's interesting to kind of look at LSU's linebacker core because last year you had a dude who was like, oh, oh, he's very, very good. And it's been that way for several years where LSU's had a linebacker that was very good very dominant, and the guys that are here now were playing with dominant linebackers. So you have guys like Micah Baskerville, for example, um, who's played with dominant linebackers where, yes, he's made the plays, Baskerville, I should say, Baskerville's been making plays, but he hasn't been considered like the key guy. Now, could that change? Obviously, 2019 LSU probably was not, like, Patrick Queen was not like the dominant linebacker coming into that season. But then Michael Divinity left the team, and Queen had to step up, and boy, did he. Because I remember before the season, like, he probably was not going to get drafted. If he was going to get drafted, it would have been very late. So he probably would have gone for his senior season. But then Divinity leaves the team, he steps in, and he absolutely steps up. So that could happen this year. We don't really know, because LSU hasn't played yet. That's the main thing about this. It's really tough to determine... What they're, what's going to happen when LSU really hasn't played and uh, Florida State's only played an FCS team who they dominated. So, for me, that's why I've been a little bit iffy. Because Florida State, with that win, that's a lot of confidence for them. LSU last year played a team in Week 0, a team in Week 1, who played in Week 0 and dominated their opponent. UCLA beat the crap out of Hawaii last year and ended up beating us. Um, so that's not great. But then again, like, 
it's tough to tell what you can take from that because that was also a weird situation last year where LSU had to deal with a whole ass hurricane displacing them and forcing them to practice in Houston and the game was in uh Los Angeles excuse me Pasadena not Los Angeles Los Angeles County um so that was a true road game whereas this is more like a home game for LSU so maybe that can negate some of the advantage that Florida State has it's kind of impossible for me to gauge and I like to have more concrete evidence of things when I make predictions um For me, what I will say is this. What's going to matter a lot is that line play. Line play is going to really dictate who wins this game because whoever can solidify their run game is probably going to have the advantage. One interesting thing, though. Apparently, Florida State's center is out. And when you don't have your center, things can get bad. Last year, when LSU played Alabama, Alabama's center went out of the game. LSU's defensive line started getting better pressure than I had seen them get in many other games, Um, and especially against Alabama, because backup center didn't really help out matters. So that could be the real key in this game, is that Florida State's offensive line has a weak link in their chain. If that proves to be a problem, it's going to factor in much later in the game. So early in the game, they may have a rhythm, but as the game goes on, he can get worn down. LSU's defensive line is the best thing that they have. Like, the best position for LSU, I think, like, in terms of sheer total talent, is the defensive line. It's even better than the wide receivers, just because, like, it's multiple guys. Um, And so if they can just continue to get pressure, apply pressure, force bad decisions... um, that can be a good thing. The one thing I will say, though, Jaden Daniels' main problem at Arizona State was when he was under pressure, he would throw really stupid passes, and he would throw really stupid picks. This dude had a high, uh, like, there is a new statistic created by a bunch of people who only exist to look at college football's stupidity and laugh at it because it's funny, and it's called the Detmer and Jaden Daniels had the highest Detmer of any QB last year. So I know this is kind of like a weird thing to bring up, but it really, it, it kind of highlights why Jaden Daniels is like so volatile. Because basically the formula involves uh, passing yards, touchdowns, and picks. And here is the official formula. So I'm going to have to make it bracketed. So put this in parentheses. Passing yards divided by Oh, this is going to be real fun to try and explain. See, podcasting is a very audio mean, uh, aural medium, so trying to explain this can be difficult. Please bear with me as I explain the Detmer. So, first of all, it's passing yards over 400 times number of games. You take that number right there and multiply it by TDs plus interceptions over 1 plus the absolute value of TDs minus interceptions. Multiply those two numbers together to get a player's Detmer. Uh, And basically the idea is that you're trying to keep pace with Ty Detmer's uh, Heisman season because he was putting up like 400 yards a game and then he was throwing four touchdowns and four picks a game. Like, he was just ripping it. And so... Last year, Jaden Daniels 
He had 2,381 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. That's a Detmer of 9.16. Yeah, um, those are the kinds of things you don't necessarily want to see. Hopefully, he doesn't do the picks thing as much. But one thing I will say is that he's going to be very good at getting away from pressure. He's very mobile, and considering our offensive line is, again, pretty spotty compared to the defensive line of Florida State, which is pretty damn good, um, that'll be very, very good. If LSU can establish the run game, that's going to be crucial to winning it. Also, I don't know how good Florida State's secondary is, but Keishon Bouti is really, really good, and I don't know many guys who can cover him. So, like, if you can get the ball to him, you might have a good time. Also, uh, Jack Besh exists. Also, Malik Neighbors has been pretty good. LSU's got some damn good wide receivers, and as long as Daniels can stay upright and make good decisions, I think that that's going to be the key here, but I do believe it's going to be a close game, just because it is the first game for LSU, um, they are trying to get, you know, everything settled in, the whole quarterback situation's been weird, and we really don't know what the offensive line's going to do. So, I got LSU winning this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a very annoyingly close game where I'm going to be very furious for several reasons at stupid things that happen. But, in the end, I think LSU somehow pulls it off. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Goal to Go kickoff show. Hope you enjoyed this. If you did, why not share it with some other people and uh, things like that. The link to where I write my stuff, that's in the description, as well as the accounts where you can find me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, there will be an episode of the Two Point Conversion coming out tomorrow, recapping this baby. So yeah, why don't you listen to that when it comes out? But until such a time as that, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been the Goal to Go Kickoff Show. Hope you guys enjoy tonight's game, and until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>